Blog Talk Radio.
So that's a lot of Leo energy. But it's interesting that we got a, I guess, a temporary truce, we'll see, in the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict as the moon went into Libra, which is about negotiations. So since they made a truce of 72 hours and the moon's going to be in um, in Libra for uh, maybe roughly 72 hours before it goes into Scorpio uh, and conjuncts Mars and Saturn. So we'll see how the next 72 hours go and um, if something can be, um, you know, worked out. That would be really nice. So Venus is trying to Saturn. It's another positive thing that's going on right now about the seriousness of loving, the seriousness of nurturing and taking care of each other. And perhaps globally, that's a part of what we're seeing. Like we seem to be very connected with the victims of the down Malaysia Airlines flight and also... um, we are very connected with the uh, the situation that's going on in Palestine. I um, I feel like the you know Venus in Cancer is a really positive, really loving, um, uh, very. Um, almost exalted place for Venus to be. It's um, in the tarot. Venus in Cancer is the Two of Cups, which is the key word for love. So it's a very pure kind of loving. When you mix Venus with Cancer, you get a very, you know, maternal, nurturing, I care about you, selfless kind of love. So perhaps we're feeling like that. Perhaps we're feeling like we're caring about each other more. If so, It's Venus and Cancer that's bringing that energy to the table. So our little troublemaker here right now is Mars and Scorpio. And the only reason that that's a troublemaker is because there's so many planets in Leo. Mars and Scorpio would generally be pretty good, um, very active, very insightful, very willful, um, very sort of penetrating energy. But because there are three other planets in low degrees of Leo and Mars is at three degrees of Scorpio, that's square. Square to Mercury, square to the Sun, square to Jupiter. A lot of tension between a Leo energy for fun and play and leadership and being out there and being on the stage and not necessarily having to have it be too deep. Uh, you know, Leo energy of decision-making and, you know, like sort of creative impulse, but not necessarily um, wanting it to be too private. Um, I think governmentally we see people in our government are very um, vocal and present. Speaker of the House is very... um, sort of out there, um, shaking his feathers, and Obama is kind of doing the same thing. I saw Ruth Bader Ginsburg was out there today, uh, all over the media, having given a big interview that's kind of unlike Supreme Court justices, but she did it, and um, she's getting a spin on her own uh, on her own publicity, said she would not step down. Uh, good for her. She certainly doesn't have to, right? In our Constitution, they can stay for life. So we don't know how long she's going to last. It's sort of, um, I think, uh, inappropriate of us to judge that, uh, you know, she wouldn't make it through a next Republican presidency or something like that. Maybe she wouldn't. Maybe she would. Um, 
But she was out there, and that's another expression of all this Leo energy, a desire to put ourselves out to be on the stage. The Mars problem there is that, you know, the keeper of secrets or the information that we want to keep private is in conflict with this Jupiter energy. So it's possible certain energy gets flushed out or exposed. There's a certain conflict then, like, I can use her as the example of her saying something about the other Supreme Court justices. Well, most of the goings-on, you know, in the Supreme Court are supposed to be kept private. So for her to voice her dissent publicly in the media is kind of a big deal for the Supreme Court. That's, uh, you know, tip of the iceberg of the Mars-Jupiter conflict. Certainly must be happening with um, Vladimir Putin, who's very Leo-like, He's got Leo at the midheaven, and having Mars in Scorpio has got to be aggravating him. The exposure, the intense lens that he's been under for, um, you know, screwing up his supportive campaign of the Ukrainian rebels. So, yeah, that's going to continue because these three planets in Leo are going to stay there for a while, at least the next three weeks to four weeks. Uh, Uranus and Pluto are again as far away as they can be in that square. Neptune is retrograde and is in trine with Mars. That could be helping um, some sensitivity, um, but Neptune and Mars don't necessarily really work well together. So even in trine, there's going to almost just feel like an ineffectual effort because Mars is very aggressive and doesn't really care so much for the sensitivity of Neptune one way or the other. I guess it's not a bad energy. It can it can help us individually in expression of art. If any of you are artists or, or have projects that you want to complete that require sensitivity, any therapists out there, anybody that's working in nursing or any kind of nurturing profession, um, I think the Neptune trine to Mars is amazing. So art and... Um, and intuitive counseling and um, any kind of intuitive work that people might do, uh, that's all favored right now as well. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig, and you're listening to the Inside Connection. So I wanted to do a show a little bit on the aspects, and one of the reasons was because of the Global Energy Minute, and I thought that I might use it and continue to talk about where the planets are and how they're um, aligned um, and what kinds of uh, aspects that they bring and what those aspects are and the way in which they play out for us. So, I, you know, I, I always have a number of clients that, that, that come in or people that I'm seeing that have one rough transit or another and, you know, meaning a square or an opposition or a conjunction that's not well-suited and, um, you know, there's always a reason for why that energy is present in our lives. There's always a reason for why there are challenges uh, in our lives. I think it's, um, I think it's very important uh, that, um, you know, we recognize that in a continuum of positive, happy, and then negative or more challenging energy, that that's the way in which we are encouraged to grow. Um, and that the, the purpose of us being here is not about, uh, you know, tragedy or suffering or anything like that. That's not what it's really about, even though there seems to be an awful lot of that present. 
Some of it has to do with the way in which we are globally, the way in which we see ourselves as individuals and the division of wealth and the division of countries and the separation by religions and all of us looking for, you know, an answer that's going to make us more important or more valuable uh, than all the rest of the other people who are on the planet. And um, it, when I think we, you know, evolve in our evolutionary, in the evolutionary plane that we're on, when we come to realize that each one of us is of some value or we wouldn't be here and that the path of creation is based on uh, a much greater will than our own personal will, we might be able to come to understand at that point then the importance of honoring each individual and not having all of the separation that we have. But that's very philosophical, I think, and very um, sort of dramatic, bringing it back down to a very immediate and, uh, you know, time-present framework the aspects that we have and the reasons that we go through personal challenges have to do with our personal growth because it's connecting our soul with our own higher truth. So whether we're dealing with relationship conflicts or career conflicts or health conflicts or family conflicts, children, parents, uh, whatever it is, uh, friends, um, financial, you know, the the list is broad of the of the different things that can create uh, issues for us that can create emotional or physical pain. All of those things that are on that list are the challenges that we're called upon to rise above. And there's no time frame on any of that. Some people can continue to have a conflict with a sibling or a conflict with their parents or a conflict with a child or a financial struggle for years and years to the point where it goes on into lifetimes and lifetimes. But the challenge for each of us is to recognize that if we're experiencing something that's um, causing us pain, emotional, spiritual, or physical pain, that it's a, it's a growing point. It's an opportunity for us to grow through so that perhaps we can find something joyful and positive and celebratory on the other side. So the continuum of positive and negative transits and the way that the planets are aspected to each other is like a dance that we're doing with the universe, and that dance is... Um, sometimes nice and sometimes challenging. It sometimes um, feels uh, easy to be able to do, and it sometimes feels not easy to do. I have a client that's getting married in another month or so, and, um, you know, uh, the, they're, they're studying dance. It's very sweet, young couple. They're studying dance, and, um, you know, the the sort of worry that's even surrounding, like, oh, we're we going to be able to do it well enough, we have to practice more. So the metaphor of a dance is, is, is not always easy. Um, you know, dancing is not always easy. So the metaphor of a dance, I think, is an appropriate one because sometimes we feel like we're challenged by having to even dance, uh, having to sing, right? If anyone's a singer, you know, it's uh, you might have to prepare if you want to be able to sing good or <clears throat> a certain piece of music might be a lot more difficult to sing. So this, you know, harmony, if we're trying to create harmony with the universe, if we're trying to create art with the universe, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's painful. 
And those aspects are there so that we can uh, find something inside of ourselves, rise up above whatever it is that's limiting us and discover something new. Perhaps it's something that's already in us. Perhaps it's something we need to learn to bring more of into our lives. Perhaps it's something we need to let go of and get rid of, something that no longer serves us. When we take an inventory of our personal characteristics, when we look at um, you know, who we are and the way in which we're interacting with people, um, we, we, we get a very clear picture of what it is that we need to work on. I think a lot of people don't spend very much time looking at themselves, and if they did, their lives would be, well, entirely happier and more successful because self-knowledge is the foundation of being able to have a successful and happy life. If you know who you are and what you need, if you know who you are and what you want to do, what you want to accomplish in the world, then it's easy to be able to go out and manifest those things and make them happen, whether it's a relationship, whether it's having children, a family. Decisions become more clear when we know what it is that we need and when, when we know who it is that we are. Being a little bit more specific, um, aspects in astrology... Uh, range from something quite simple, like, say, the Mars-Mercury transit that's going on tonight, and tomorrow in particular, if you find that you get into an argument with somebody tomorrow, or perhaps even Saturday, but I think it's going to be exact tomorrow, if you if you you know you find that you're you're you have that you have a little argument tomorrow or Saturday, there it's a very simple um, you know perhaps you were bragging about something or perhaps you were being secretive about something you know this is the the um, the Leo Scorpio conflict right so the those sides of Leo are bragging or wanting to have the attention or the spotlight maybe not letting somebody. Uh, contribute or not or cutting them off and not you know allowing them uh, some space to communicate Um, and the dark side of Scorpio the shadow side of Scorpio keeping secrets or being sarcastic or or nasty in some way to somebody you know like not being kind Um, this is the conflict that can create the argument Mercury and Mars a heated aggressive communication, a heated, aggressive exchange. Those are very simple transits. There's lots of them, and they happen to us all the time. They happen independently in that universal energy, you know, the energy of the way the planets are aligning right now, which which affects us, and also the way in which the individual planetary energies affect our own chart. So... Um, you know, Mars is in Scorpio right now, and my Mercury is in Scorpio. So I'll have I'll have Mars conjunct Mercury, as opposed to globally we're having you know Mars square Mercury. But for me, let's say I'll have Mars conjunct Mercury, and it might make me have a more forceful style of communication, perhaps over the weekend or something, you know, because that's when that's going to happen. And and maybe it won't be about having an aggressive argument because it's not a square. So maybe it will be a more positive, just more forceful. Maybe I'll convince somebody of something, or I'll be able to be more heard more clearly um, by somebody that I need to have a conversation with. 
friend, family member, someone like that, probably is, you know, when that particular transit will be occurring on a Sunday. So it's probably not something about, you know, private practice. So the idea there is we look at the transits and we're able to determine what energy is coming in and in what way can I best use it. If I notice that I'm having a conversation with somebody on Sunday and it feels like it's getting heated, like they're not they're not feeling receptive to, you know, my sort of convincing repartee or whatever it is that I'm going to be getting into, um, then, then it would be a clue for me to back down because I don't want to take that aggressive energy of Mars and make a conflict out of it with someone. That would, I think, be the other sort of recommendation. But transits get a lot more complicated than that. When we move from the sort of basic transits of the inner planets um, and and we look at the energy of the outer planets, we um, we see um, a much more complicated uh, energy interacting with uh, the global energy and also with our own individual charts. So the big example there is the Uranian-Pluto square. That's been going on for a long time. It was uh, 2012 and 2013-14, and it's going to continue into 2015, and it will still be in the range of being an exact square in 2016. There's a lot of work we still need to do. And you can see the way that it's happening so aggressively. It's not happening uh, in, in a peaceful and easy way. The, the, you know, the uprisings in the Arab countries and the Occupy Wall Street and then what's going on right now in Israel and the Ukraine and even the things that are like um, the French government and the Arabs that live there or the Tea Party in the United States is all a reflection of the Uranian-Plutonic square. All of those things represent tension, abrasive, aggression, polarized energy because we're dealing with Uranus and Pluto and this is very sudden change that's, that's you know, coming upon us. And the idea of um, Pluto's very destructive so destructively altering the way in which we embrace newness. So because uh, Uranus is representing the, the new ideas, the new things that are trying to emerge, whether that's new governments or new political systems or new, new forms of, of fairness regarding uh, governmental or corporate-run global policy, um, all of all of uh, those uh, those energies are are really uh, essential for us to have right now in order for us to be able to move on to the next phase. As I've said before, you know there are many many people, not just political and not just scientists and not just you know um, economists and uh, research scientists and. Um, and people like that, but the way in which we're living is untenable. There isn't going to be um, a, a way in which we continue to live the way that we do moving forward, even probably for the next 85 years. You get to the year just 2100, and we won't be living this way. 
We can't be living this way. So I think the Uranian-Pluto square says, like, look, you can't be living this way. Don't you see what it's doing? The kinds of conflicts that are emerging are coming from the way in which you're living. It's like anybody who wakes up one day and says they can't keep eating the way they've been eating or smoking the what they've been smoking or, you know, they, they have to say, I need to change. Something's got to change. I can't keep living this way. So the 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 overall pattern of the transits and the aspects that they make is designed to help us to become aware. And awareness of course is, you know, one of the main huge goals of um of of where we're at. I see somebody just called in from two oh three, so I'm gonna go check in. Hi, area code two oh three, you're on the inside connection. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are oh, you tonight? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm fine. Thank you. Have I ever worked uh, with you before? No. No? Okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> let me... <laughs> oh, that's my astrology software. Um, let me... Um, would you like me to look at your chart? Yes, please. Okay, great. What's your first name? Ebony. Ebony? Yeah. Um and your date of birth? Seven thirty seventy eight. Oh seven thirty? Nineteen seventy eight? Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh seven thirty nineteen seventy eight. Do you have a birth time that you know? I don't. That's okay. Do and I need you, that? Do, are you sure? Well, it's, it's good. It's helpful it. for me, but you don't need it. It's not essential. So um, well, you don't even see. know I might be able to get it. I can okay. tell you. Let me see. I'll run and get it really quickly. <laughs> That's fine. No worries. How about, how about your birth town? Uh, that's another thing. I don't know. You don't know where you were born? What city? Oh, yeah, Connecticut. What what town in Connecticut? Uh, New Haven. Okay, that's fine. Are you still living in New Haven? Or are you calling me from New Haven? No, I'm calling you from Camden. Oh, okay. I know Connecticut pretty well because I went to Sacred Heart University in Fairfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar yeah. with Sacred Heart. I lived <laughs> over there. Yeah. So, any chance you got your birth time? I do. Give me a second. Here it is. Okay. Let me. Five forty-three a.m. Five forty-three a.m. Yeah, because I tend to wake up exactly at five five thirty oh, every day. a.m. I think that's awesome that you ran and got that. Thank you. All right, here we go. You ready? So you know you're you're uh, you have Leo rising because you were born just about the time when the sun was going to rise, and so the sun was rising, and you've got Leo rising, and the sun was right on the horizon. So you've got a really nice big personality and a nice big presence. You're generous, you're kind, you're thoughtful, and you're very forgiving. 
if you could just get out of your way because you're so damn perfectionistic, you'd be awesome. But you're always criticizing yourself, and you're very hard on yourself. Why? Because you have four planets in Virgo. You have Venus in Virgo, Mars in Virgo, Saturn in Virgo, Mercury in Virgo. It bogs you down. It makes you feel like you don't have your communication style down. It makes you feel like you definitely don't have your finances in order, and you're always kind of criticizing yourself for that and the way in which you don't, you know, have your stuff in place. Now, you've got the moon in Gemini. Do you have a lot of friends? Girlfriends? Uh, You you must have at least a couple of really close girlfriends that you communicate with and that you're laughing with a lot. I do. I do. That's all we do is laugh. Everything's all funny. you do is laugh because you've got this moon in Gemini in the 11th house and you are funny. So tell me, how come you're not in comedy? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> how come you're not in comedy? Not how sure. come you're not working in comedy, writing comedy, preparing comedic skits, something like that? Because you've got, you've got, you've got this, this really like amazing comedic style. So I just want to let you know that. Um, Jupiter is getting ready to go into your first house And it's going to conjunct your sun You're going to find some more leadership Are you working right now? I am I just ventured into my own business January Great, Great. Is it getting better? Uh, not really Not really? Oh, it's picking no. up It's very, very slow Well, but, it's going to pick um, It's going to pick up a lot more um, this year and then into 2015, a lot more because Jupiter is going to go into your house of finance. So I definitely tell you, hang in there in regard oh, to. Okay. Right. So, what's been going on this year in regard to your home and where you've been living and some of the constriction and tension there or having to deal with, you know, parents uh, or if not, if not directly with them, with parental memories. That stuff's going to ease up and get a little bit better also in the fall, and you're going to be able, I think, to focus a little bit more again on, you know, your your public presence. Why haven't you gotten more publicity for your new company? Why haven't you written? Why haven't you written to? Um, you know, local newspapers and media outlets to tell them what it is that you're doing. Why haven't you read a book on promoting and publicity and marketing and gotten yourself more out there? Because you've got a really, you've got leadership written all over your chart. And even though you've got Aries at the Midheaven, which is why you want to work on your own, and it's really good that you have your own business and your own career, um, you, you still you know, like have to push through whatever, whatever, um, you know, nitpicky, perfectionistic limitations. Don't inhibit yourself, mm-hmm. Ebony. Okay. Don't, I'm just telling you, That's don't inhibit funny. yourself because this not, it's not what's going to serve you right now. And you're going to notice it, I'm going to say, even in August. It's like within three weeks or a month from now, you're going to have a very positive experience that's going to kind of like, um, expand your presence in the community, um, and and because Jupiter is going to conjunct your sun, and you're going to see like you're going to become uh, more noticeable even than you already are. You know, like, and I know you attract attention already, and I, I'm not even looking at you. Well, it's so funny that you say that because 
I'm almost afraid. I am in my way. I tell myself all the time, get out of your, get out of your head, get out of your way. But I'm almost afraid of the spotlight. Why? What'd you do? No, I'm just afraid that what why? What, what reputation? Do you, what, what, why? What don't? Why? What's the matter? What don't you have to offer? Don't you have something to offer? Well, it's just what you said. I feel like everything has to be perfect. Like I need to lose weight, and, and I don't want to jeopardize, you know, my reputation. What if I get too much business, and then I can't, you know, handle it, and, uh, you know, and I'm not performing the best that I can. You know, those stupid So let's things. limit yourself, so right? Let's limit yourself because limiting yourself is going to make it better, huh? No, it's not. No, it's not. You're right. Okay, I'll tell you something. This is a Dr. Craigism. All right, you ready? You said yeah. something really important about getting out of your way. So I want to tell you something. This is the secret to getting out of your way, Okay. Getting out of your way means listening to your intuition instead of to your fear, instead of the other way around. Most of the time people are listening to the fearful voice and they're telling their intuition, no, it can't possibly be true. Every time you've got one of those negative messages, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, that's not the true voice inside of you. The true voice is the one that's saying, you can do it, go and do it, why don't you try this? And every time you shoot her down, you're shooting down your intuition. Mm, okay. Okay? And you are intuitive, so I want you to work on that, okay? Okay. Okay. Listen, I gotta go because you know the show ends uh, ends a few minutes ago, and okay, uh, just okay. let it run over time for us. But I'd be happy to speak to you at another time. I'm on every Thursday, okay, hon? Okay, thank you. Nice to talk to you tonight. Bye bye. Nice to talk to you too. Well, that was really nice to get a caller there at the end of the show, and I think that um, you know uh, she has a really awesome chart. Thanks so much for calling in. The, there wasn't really anything, let's say, critically difficult about her chart um, as far as transits that are going on right now, which I think was really interesting in terms of tonight's um, uh, talk about uh, transformation from transit. So a lot of the difficulties that she were, was having were internal. They were in the natal chart and things that she was just trying to work through in the natal chart and not necessarily things that are being imposed on her right now. In fact, she has some really positive transits this year and next year, and she needs to take hold of that energy, and I hope that she does. So in transformation, we grab a hold of the positive We try and make the best of it when it's there, and we try and minimize the negative as much as we can so that we can ride it out and come back to the next positive cycle. It's been really nice having you here tonight. I'll talk to you next Thursday. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. Thanks for listening to the Inside Connection.